I love you. I want to get married. I want to have a baby. Do you know how many people who are dating people are shit scared to say these things? With- but, you know, there's been a very long time where it's all been about a weakness. It's a woman's weakness. No, it's just our bodies. In our heads, yeah. we see things now and we have a, this is how it needs to be. Before I have a baby, life needs to be like this, 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 this. Before I marry, this has to be in place. Welcome to the Sisterhood of Mummy and Perfect, the weekly podcast that celebrates and explores all things womanhood. And this week, it's a TPP episode, the power panel. And it does feel like ages since we've done one of these episodes. And let me just tell you, the next hour is going to be an hour where me and my panel are going to discuss topical news and entertainment stories and give our take on all of it. Our unique feminine take, that special feminine energy and in this episode we're going to be talking about married at first sight how menopause affects work and women at uni being given fertility lessons so let me first introduce my panel for today so you probably know her voice well if you are a regular listener to this podcast it's Kirit hi Kirit hi you're right and also yeah I'm good I'm good and also a voice that you might have heard on the podcast before it is Haji the grey Indian, also known as. So, hi, Haji, how are you doing? Hi there. <laughs> it's good to speak to you guys again. Um, okay, have so you let's... got... Oh, I was going to say, have you got a set of headphones to match every outfit that you wear? Uh, no, but that's the aim. That, that okay. is the aim. You know what it is? I wear a lot of pink, <laughs> I think. I wear, <laughs> I wear a lot of pink and white. So, yeah, I have those. Okay. And, and also red. And sometimes yeah, red you have. Red, because I've got red and then I sometimes feel like, oh, I'll put a red lipstick on because, you know, I'm yeah. about red lipstick. So, yeah, that's the aim. Uh, it's going to be a closet with, like, all them hung, hung up. <laughs> <laughs> I like Goals. the idea. Goals. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> okay, so we have lots to discuss, so let's get straight into it. Right, so the first thing I want to discuss is Married at First Sight UK. So this show just finished airing this month um the finale of it aired earlier this month so it was about like 20 21 episodes did you guys watch it i've watched a pre- an episode a couple of episodes from a pre- previous series and i watched a couple from this one how did you mm. watch it yeah i've watched i would say honestly probably about two um but i like the drama so i just go onto youtube and see the highlights and see you know just get a caption of exactly what's been happening you know what i would never have watched this show and all the married at first sight there was there's been previous episodes previous series Mm. i haven't watched them and it was like a big australian series right which we then also watched here i didn't watch any of it ignored it one of my sisters was like oh watch it watch it it's really good it's really entertaining and it's addictive I thought, oh, okay, I'll watch one. I literally, I was so into it. Even my husband, and he's probably going to hate me for actually say, saying this to the world. Because I think it was like a secret of his that he watched it with me. But then we'd be like, do you want to watch my Red at First Sight? And I, he was like, oh, yeah, all right. And I was like, look, don't be ashamed. We don't have to tell yeah. anyone. 
that you have watched this obviously now i'm telling you guys and everybody else but um but yeah it's i don't know it, it's that drama and okay so let's the, the concept right it's a if, for those of you that don't know it's a reality tv show and it aired on channel four it's based on a format that originated in denmark it's it was a very then popular australian series which people watched here and it's basically a high stakes romantic experiment and it focuses on several couples who are matched using a series of obscure compatibility tests and they're basically then matched with by three experts in this field the relationship sex field basically and then they're married off in what is the basically the most intense blind date ever the marriage right the wedding and then they go on honeymoon together and then move in together see how it all goes and then they eventually decide whether or not they want to remain in these relationships now um there were quite a few couples on the show right and then some of them i think wanted to find love they were genuinely like i've tried loads of other things you know i want to find someone who i can commit to who commits to me this is what i want some of them were blatantly you could tell they want to be reality tv stars you know um i mean what did you guys think from what you watched from this series the one that we've just mm. had mm-hmm. um Oh god, I don't know. I'm not a drama queen in terms of watching stuff for drama. So that's one thing I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. If you're doing this and it is supposed to be a social experiment, you've got to be <coughs> going in it for the real thing. Mm. You've got to be open-minded. And I think it, that was what was interesting to see about some of them when how they went into it. They've signed up for it. What have they signed up for? Is it to be a reality TV star? Was that their secret ulterior motive? Or did they genuinely want to be in a relationship. I think some of them were just going into it for <coughs> it was therapeutic for them. They learned about themselves whether yeah. they went into a relationship or not. Mm. And I think it was a journey. But then that's the same with every journey if you want to see it. any any relationship if you want to use it that way. You come out of a relationship, you reflect on it. You, you should do. You shouldn't have to go on t- TV to do that. Mm. Haji, what do you think about this whole concept, right? The whole, you know, being matched up and seeing each other on the wedding day. Now let's first of all I'm just going to put it out there that we are all South Asian women, right? And maybe our parents possibly but definitely grandparents would have literally mm. been married at first sight, right? So to us this is not like a wild concept. It's happened to people that we know, right? In in older generations. But then for now, what do you think about this concept of of being matched hey. by these experts? I think these guys were pretty lucky that they did get to see that the guys got to see the bride's face because if we're talking about our grandparents, like their <laughs> dopata was here, remember? Like they yes. and so it wasn't until they'd get to the, get back to the house that they take it off and we just be like, oh shit, or oh great, right? Yes. So um, they were still lucky that they actually got to see it. But I mean. The difference is, you know, they I mean I I I and I totally agree. I think there were many that might have gone in for um stardom and that's why. <laughs> but you could see like for example like it was Alexis like my heart went out for her. Like you could oh see gosh, that yeah. she really wanted, wanted something from yeah. this and she was devastated in in how she spoke and I really felt for her. But then when you get the fire bombs like Nikita and even um I think the one that Nikita was married to was it Jordan his name? No, I, uh, no. Nikita was married to Ant. She was married to Ant. Ant. That's it. So even with him, like he's a model, but I could see that he was. I think he was kind of teetering to see could it go any further. Do you know what I mean with something? 
more than just being a model. But I mean, I think, you know what, I think it's the diff. I mean, I would have thought that this went better than what it went in the past when Bajolle would put marriages together because you would know the family, you would know blah, 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 but you wouldn't know the person who's about to get married. You would just know about the family, right? They wouldn't know about the personality. In this show, they've the experts are supposed to have looked at stuff like that. You know, they've spoken to them. What 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 are you looking for? And I mean, they don't want to get it bang on because that's not good TV, right? Everybody lives happily ever after. Yes. No. For, for example, you know, do you want kids or do you not want kids? So they've matched a couple yes. where the guy wants kids and the woman's like, yes. I never want kids. And and then he and has, even Nikita, yeah. the guy was completely <laughs> opposite to what she wanted. Like, okay, loyal. They didn't t- name three things. She's loyal, she's honest or something else. And so was he. And I was like, that's not that's good enough. There's loads of relationships. Yeah. That's what it should <laughs> Why be. Why would you not want that? Why would you not want that? Those things, yes. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do um, think, just going back to what you said, Hedy, go, um, in a South Asian community, families know each other. They would. thing is, back then, you were marrying a family. You weren't marrying just a man. Whereas in this, you're marrying just a person. They don't really consider, they probably wouldn't really consider the family match too much. It's a case of, you know, ours, like, is it the same? You know, do they do things the same way? Yeah. And that's why they used to look at families because you're ultimately marrying a family, not a one, a single person. And not you just know, that, there was no way out, was there? Sorry, Reen, there was no way out, right? So if you've been paired up with a Jolla and you're going to get married in our parents' generation and grandparents, tough tough luck if you don't like each other. Tough luck if you don't get on. You're married I'm, now, you stay together, you know? <laughs> but I read a really scary quote just yesterday on uh, domestic violence and marriage in religious... You know, religious women are more likely to be in domestic abuse because they're more likely to say, this is my fate, this is what was supposed to happen to me. And when you think about domestic abuse in South Asian families, and you think of the faith element that comes in, this is my gismuth. Mm. You know, it was a likyasi, this is what was meant to be for me, Mm. I must have done something bad. Those are the kind of things that women, the excuses that women will make. But What's also, I think I think they, they might have I think they might have resorted to that as well because um, I know my mom for one when she came here she was on her own she was the eldest in her yeah. family and all her family was there so you know whereas nowadays there's a lot more resources who you can reach out for help back then mm. it was like well if I leave this what what else what is out there for me yeah. where do I go I can't even speak yeah. English properly you know so um, but there was yeah. there was also that sense of um, shame on your family there was also that big thing about you know this is what's we were i think women i'm not gonna say we because i don't <laughs> but um back then often women that is how it is and you don't question it and i think even the guys don't <coughs> question it because it's not just about the woman even the men when the match was made there was no question okay this is my match this is it and recently i've interviewed a couple who were matched like that and it's actually worked out they worked out really beautifully and it was just that they're both their mindset was I've made a promise to this person. I've got to make it work. I've got to look after them. As long as they've got that right mindset, they made it work and it worked beautifully. But I think here, when you watch this, it's like they've already got an idea in their head. That's not my type. Was They weren't open to exploring new types. Mm-hmm. So how many times do we hear, that's not my type? He's not my usual type. And it was quite offensive. And I think with Alexis, I think, was it Jordan? Jordan? Josh? Yeah. No, Jordan. Mm-hmm. when yep. he said you know blonde blue eyes you know you're my usual and he said it to her it's like well you just married a woman who's exactly the opposite and you're telling her you're like a blonde with blue eyes it's like it's horrible isn't how, it? 
awful must she feel? Yeah, but we're also older than our kids. I mean, you know, I I don't think any. I mean, they were all in their twenties, weren't they? So you know, we're thirty. Some of them thirty. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. I just put it down to them being quite young, like thinking like that. You know, they haven't lived enough to maybe. No. Um, Mm. I do think that's another thing, though. Young, there's a couple. Oh, what were their names? Sorry, I've written them down. Um, Taya and Adam, the one that got on, like they were just. Oh, the one that who are in love, they moved in together, and everything. Yeah. And I, I actually think their youth, the fact that they were young and they were open-minded. You're right. Helped. They didn't go on their past awful experiences. They weren't going. This is my type. That's my type. They just went into it open-mindedly, committed to the fact that. This was a marriage. Like he'd never been in a serious relationship ever. Well, not just that, kids. What I noticed is as well that they didn't just—they t- didn't really talk about appearance. They talked more about the person that they're looking for with them. Yeah. Like I don't know if you picked that. They both were I mean, like they both were hot. Let's not be yes. like we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, blind. Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> you but know like, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's but the thing is, at the same time, they were young in terms of they other there were other couples who were decent looking good looking couples in there <clears throat> but it wasn't about that i think there is an element of open mindedness and that youth there's nothing to cloud their judgment there's no mm. and you know also another thing is that i feel like they were quite um open about their feelings like this is you know even like i'm falling for you do you know how many people now are scared to say i love you i want to get married i want to have a baby do you know how many people who are dating people are shit scared to say these things, which are quite normal things, I would think. Oh, I can't say I love you first because then I'm going to appear like this and then I'm going to be taken for a ride and, oh, my God, I can't say I want to get married because then he's going to be like, oh, no, I want to, you know, I'm getting too serious and I have to pretend I don't want to get married, but I do want to get married. This is uh, this is the stuff that people are now ha- having to deal with, you know? And then obviously, oh, absolutely, yeah. And then I think this obviously the nice thing about the program was it's married at first sight you know you're going there for a commitment obviously it's not a real binding legally binding marriage but the whole vows thing and then at the end of it you renew these vows they're not legally binding obviously but um then the adam and taya that couple who were in love he like really proposed to her at the end of it he went down on his knee and actually proposed so they i'm hoping they're still together but they're actually engaged which is so sweet and i think i think everybody doesn't matter what they say i think if even if you're there for fame, I think you would have wanted that kind of a love story deep down because everybody wants that. I think oh, most people frozen. in the world do want that, uh, like a love story, don't they? Yeah, who doesn't? Who who wouldn't want that? Mm. It'd be silly to not want that. I think. <laughs> <Would> you... Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you want to be in a relationship, you want to be in one like that, right? Mm. yeah and still want the stardom at the same time because it's like great yeah so if we do get together we could be like a power couple the couple that worked yeah. out or whatever right so yeah i think everybody did go in with that intent also that'd be great if i met someone and i fell in love and we actually were together yeah i don't know you know who's the guy that alexis was with the best that was yeah. i think he was a bit of a nightmare i think do you know, I'm going to say this and I come from a personal place when I say this. I think he's like a bit of a narcissist, potentially. He's got narcissistic tendencies. I mean, he, at the beginning, appeared the sweetest, nicest, the way he presented himself. Mm. I don't speak like that, that language, that whatever. Whereas she was honest and true and true to herself. But yeah. the things that he suddenly 
when he twisted, like she was honest, like, I'm scared of this. I want your reassurance. I would have been fine, you know, when they went on that water thing on their honeymoon. Yes, yeah. But that it was very simple. Yeah, I, you know, if you're scared, she's scared. Okay, he chose something which was inappropriate. Fine. But then reassure her. So he, I think he was a bit child. He was a bit childish in that I think that he's definitely sense. childish. Especially when they don't know each other properly. But the thing is, the way he, I think for me, the way he dealt with it afterwards... How did he deal with it? Because I didn't see that episode. So how did he deal with that? <coughs> well, he just, well, are you talking about the honeymoon episode? Did you see the honeymoon The honeymoon. Episode? This is the honeymoon episode. Um, they went they, on this... Yeah, go on. They, ba- they, they, they barely spent any time with each other. And he kept on saying that, you're, you know, he was kept on saying, you're rude. Uh, I'm not, you know, you don't talk, shouldn't talk to people like that. You know, I think you're attractive, but the way you speak... I like the way she spoke. She was she was, she was direct. Honest. I don't think she was aggressive. I think she, it's assertive is what she was. Right. The other I girl maybe Nikita per- came across yeah. as aggressive. But at the end of the day, if you don't want women, like, do you want a woman who just sits there? If are you like I was kind of thinking, do you want a woman who you could just say whatever to, and she's going to take it because this girl expressed her feelings, like you said, like in the honeymoon. So Haji, what Gilles was saying was that they went on this water boat ride thing. It's like, you know, like yeah. water squeeze, but it's Tug like boat. a dinghy. Like a, like, yeah. It's a dinghy being pulled across by a boat at high speed, right? She had a deep fear of um, of water. Deep water. Of, of the deep water, yeah. So she had a real fear of deep water. And she was like, oh, I don't like this. I'm not comfortable. And then he was laughing ha 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 the whole way hysterically and she's there going oh no I'm really scared he was laughing hysterically not be like oh it's all right you know I'm we made these vows you know we've been matched I'm going to put the effort in to reassure you to be a gentleman at the very least and then she was just like oh you prick and all this you know I can't believe you did that she and then, yeah she was on the ride though actually screaming you dickhead you yeah. prick because he I mean as she was saying that he could have put his arm around her he could have yeah. grabbed her hand he could have done anything but he didn't. He just carried on laughing like a juvenile. A bit bullish um, behaviour, right? Mm. Yeah, then afterwards he was like, your language was so whatever. Whereas, for me, that's, that's a dangerous kind of person to deal with because he's allowed to be childish when he wants. And as long as he's using the right language, it's mm. okay. He couldn't see beyond her language to understand her feelings. It was the way you're speaking isn't right. Well, yeah. you're not my usual type. It was very surface value and there was mm. very little behind. And, and the fact that he got angry very quickly when he was like, he wouldn't, he didn't have a go at her, but to the camera, he was like, yep, yeah, I'm not happy with this. I am just not, like, it was like that. And I, I thought he was a dangerous person. He's passive aggressive. I think he was passive aggressive because he'd uh, as, not look yeah. at people. He would not look at who he's arguing with, which would be like, your language, oh, you know, and just shut down on someone. Not like, I'm looking at you, we're having a conversation, I'm going to, say how I feel and listen to you, give and take. It wasn't like that. I just think he was passive aggressive. And and it's like, I'm not making excuses for him, but he talked about his childhood in that and said that he, at the age of 16, he basically Left lived home. on his own with like random yeah. like people on drugs in this hostel type thing and whatever, you know. And obviously then you're all about survival of yourself, right? So I don't know, you know, I'm not making excuses. But they've been, but <clears throat> both been matched and having poor childhoods. Yeah, because she both had, had her, difficult. Yeah, her dad. She had a real issue because her dad wasn't in her life and stuff. Um, but I don't know. Like the, the the whole thing. Like what I noticed is like you know the usual type and stuff. So there was this girl Morag, right, who kept saying to the guy she was with, she really wanted to like him, right? It seemed, 
and you know he wasn't this manly type he was just like a more of a sensitive guy right that she kept saying oh you know uh, give me a bit more time I'll get there I'll I'll talk myself into fancying you and it's like he was such a nice guy and then apparently all these manly guys she dated had cheated on her so there were the bad boy types that treated her like shit but yet in her heart I think she still wanted those kind of bad boy types even though on paper she might have been like oh this is a nice guy and the experts were like oh this guy will calm her down this guy will be what she needs she doesn't realize she needs it but this is Mm. is what she needs right I don't think that worked out too well is this the one who was matched with was she matched with Bob no, no, this was the one she she was matched with, this guy Luke, the Welsh guy. And, like, he wasn't that confident and stuff. And I think she brought a bit of confidence out of him. But it's like, she said on her wedding day, she said, she went, she went did you get what you ordered? Did you get what you ordered? <laughs> it's like, it's not a bloody chicken tikka masala, love. love. Like, it's it. not, love do you know it. what I mean? She's like, I didn't, get, I didn't quite get what I ordered because she wanted this, like, manly guy to, like, chuck her around and whatever. And I just, I think... um I don't know, like, you know, on paper, an expert can be like, you know what, you've been with really bad people, the bad boy types who've treated you like rubbish, how about, you know, this looks good, he's going to be really nice to you, and you're going to wake up and see how nice he is and get with a really nice guy. I don't know, like, I don't think, I don't know if you could do that to people, or does the heart want what it wants, and you go for your type. So that's the difference with the Vijolla thing as well. You know, no past relationships are ever considered. <laughs> so there's no, that, you know, that kind of... But you're not allowed you to have any in your life, are you? <laughs> but also... What, no, no, what you moments. No, but, yeah. exactly. But what what um, you was saying is really important. And I never thought about it. The fact that Vijolla do... It's just the family they look at. Like, And, and I, I think in this Married at First Sight, I, I was quite, you know... It did hit me how important people's families are to them, though, because although the experts hadn't looked at the families, and maybe they should have, like mm. Indian people do, fam- people's families were so important. Like, it was like, I really need my mum to like him. You know, I really need my dad to, to accept this. Or, you know, I don't want to move away from my family. And it, it was a really important thing. Or, you know, they'd lost a parent and it had affected them in this way. Like, I just I just think that that is such an important thing and to look at as well. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think families are important as much as, I mean, I, I can't speak for other people's families, but in our family, you know, often there's this thing that, you know, in our in our community, you don't do this. In our community, we have to still consider family, even though it's happening less and less. Um, it doesn't mean that other communities don't consider their family, they do. It's just they also allow a level of autonomy and independence more than our community. Mm. Um, to make your own mind up but it doesn't mean just because you're independent that you don't consider your family yeah exactly Um, I feel like being matched up right whether you meet in a in a in a way like by yourself right a a love match or matched by bajoli experts whatever I just feel like there's still a lot of work that you have to put in yourself it's not like oh we've been matched you know it's gonna be fine we will, this will happen, sparks will fly because we've been matched or someone put us together, so it's going to work. It's like having, being in a, a, a love marriage, right? I just feel like at times it's like, well, even if it was arranged, I just feel like there's, the work is the same that you've got to put in. What do yeah, you, you know what, Rena? There's, there's, there's an in, and there's an in-between now. We're in the times where there is an in-between, right? So 
Myself, I had cousins who were like five, six years older than me and so on. If they got introduced to somebody, the first person they got introduced, it wasn't a... They would say it's arranged, but they didn't have an option to say no. They had to marry them, right? Mm. Now we have... You have love, you have arranged, but there are so many people that I'll speak to. And when I speak to them and ask them, you know, oh, was it arranged? Is it love? They'll say it was arranged love. So, yeah, someone put us together, yeah, someone put us together, but we started seeing each other and dating, and yeah, we actually did fall in love, you know, we realised that we could make it work, so, you know, there is an in-between now where I think it's not just either arranged or either love, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you have to, however you meet someone, you've got to find a mate, if you want to be in a happy marriage, both of you have got to want it. And both of you have got to be prepared to make compromises to make it work. And you've got to make commitments about how you're going to behave with the other person. Um, I think that's really, really important. And I think as a community, as a society, not as a community, as a society, we become less tolerant. It's more about this is what I am entitled mm. to in my life. But really, life doesn't work that way. Like if you're a mom, you have you will make compromises for your kids. So if you're a wife, why wouldn't you make compromises for your husband? And if you're a husband, why wouldn't you make compromises for your, for your wife? Yeah, one of the experts in this, um, the the black guy, the American guy, I can't remember his name, but he's he's he was really good. Like I really like the things that he was saying. And they were looking at these couples, observing them and stuff, and they were saying, you know, you should take turns to lead. And I think now we're we're very much like, no, you know, you can't tell me. I'm not going to be the wife who's going to cook your dinner and stuff. Who do you think I am? Mm. I'm an independent woman on all this, right? And then, you know, a guy might be like, well, I'm not doing this. Like, you know, I just think you, that this whole thing of at times you're going to be the follower and at times you're going to be the leader. I just think that that's really important because it's, you know, and also to give, and, and it's not like, oh, I'm the doormat now because I think it kind of, do you know what I mean? It works both ways. So I kind of, I just found that quite a, yes. You're a team and when one's down, the other one has to, you know, pick up and carry on, right? Mm. And that's, you're not both going to be on a high all the time. Yeah. Yeah. When one's low, when one's weaker. Especially if you've got dependents. Yeah, Be they extended family, be they kids, be they whatever. You know, if one person can't, manage something or can't do something the other person has to step up 100 percent, 100 percent. so yeah i thought it was a good it was a good program but i'd be interested to know what people listening thought of it all so so let's know um okay so moving on to the m word now i have done a whole podcast episode called the m word earlier this year about the menopause right um and uh, recently, the reason I'm talking about this is because recently a poll of 3,800 women in the UK found that the majority the majority of them felt that menopause or the months and years leading up to it had a huge impact on their careers. So, you know, they felt like there was a real lack of support and that going through the menopause forced a lot of them to take time off of work or even leave their jobs. About 59% of them took time off work due to symptoms. Um, and 18% of them were off for more than eight weeks. Now, 
I mean, I feel like women get a really raw deal because if you want to have a baby, there's all this whole, you're like pregnant, you know, you're pregnant at work, you come away from that, you know, no one takes you seriously, oh, she's got a baby, you know, when you come back to work, they're still like, oh, you've got to leave because you've got a baby, so you've got to be at the office, out of the office at this time or whatever. It's difficult. And then the bloody menopause, it's like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, like, would you, do you think that you would... um be vocal that you were going through the menopause at work, get support, or would you be one of those people who's like, do you know what, it's my business, I'm not going to make a show of it, I'm not going to let people know because I don't want to look weak, and let's face it, it is a sign of a woman getting older, and we ageism is a thing, right, particularly with women. How do you think you guys would approach it? I think it depends on who I'm working with. Um... I work with a lot of men, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. Um, but I have been worked with men around me where, in the past, where I, you know, they've been very condescending, I've been patted on the head, I've been like, oh, so, you know, I've had like, oh, so, you know, if this young lady would kindly make the teas, I'm like, no, oh God, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, I've actually had to say that. <laughs> I've said no. Um, but it, it's... it. You know that kind of behavior would I be comfortable talking about the menopause and it's not even that sometimes I think even if the men around you are good at being considerate it's that kind of being like you can't do this because you're going through the menopause mm. that in I don't think they mean to be patronizing in any way but it can come across patronizing and it doesn't mean you can't do your job or you're incapable of doing something you're just trying to deal with something else at the moment as well. Um, mm. And just having that perception of, you know, I might be going through something, but it doesn't mean I'm, I'm capable of achieving something else. I might be affected temporarily or for a while by something, but, you know, it doesn't affect, for, it doesn't affect things. I mean, I have awful PMT I've sometimes. Um, I've been hospitalized once I've fainted in random places um but at the same time I, I remember I fainted in a shopping center once and, and I knew I was going to faint about a minute before and I'd managed to drop everything and run to the to to the to the uh, toilets and I was just sitting there on the baby changing unit and I'd passed out mm -hmm. and I remember like people trying to slap me awake and I remember just kind of laughing saying hey, it's just PMT kind of thing <laughs> And they wanted to call an ambulance, but I knew it was just PMT. Um, but I was laughing about it because it was like a temporary thing, but it gets that bad sometimes. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm incompetent. I don't mm. want... So you don't want people to see you that way because they might think you need wrapping with cotton wool all the time. That's how I feel um, about stuff when it comes to women's issues and when it comes to the menopause, that's what I would be scared of happening if I spoke about it in certain circles. Be it a group of women though, it should be different. Mm. I think that's just the way it is, just generally, as you were saying, Rina, like when it comes to uh, women having children, not being able to progress in their careers, because it's not that you don't have a job, you can have a job. That's not the problem. The problem isn't finding a job, it's progressing in that career mm. where you're going to be perceived differently. And like you said, Kira, with PMT, women so young, you know, they can have endometriosis, endometriosis, that is just a woman's body and menopause yeah. is one of them. And I think... It's just getting that understanding and that sympathy 
out for men uh, to understand that you know what they will never get what it is like for a woman to have these kind of issues because we're talking about it more which is great but you know there's been a very long time where it's all been about a weakness it's a woman's weakness no it's just our bodies we have no control we don't have a control over period we don't have control over the fact that we're the ones who are going to carry and give birth to that child and we are not the ones that are in control of menopause it is just something that happens to every woman and woman and this is what like you were saying you know um would I bring it up? I think I'm the kind of person that would, but I've been very lucky with my PMT. I mean, listen to you, Keith, because I was just like, my gosh, like I haven't, I can't even imagine because I've always been blessed with an easy period, to be honest. And then I had childbirth. So when I went through my childbirth, I was in excruciating pain because obviously I thought I had a high pain threshold, but clearly I didn't. I just never <laughs> had any, I just never had any bad period pains. But, um, but this is it. It's just getting that understanding and the more women that talk about it and more companies mm. that accept it, mm. I just feel like it has to be normal. And yes, it is unfair on the men. Yeah, you do have to pick up a little bit more when this happens to women. But this is the way this world works. This is the way mm. the world works. Unfortunately, women have these. You men don't. Uh, right. So we were talking about the fact that women, uh, women's bodies are different. Men are never going to go through this. They're never going to understand it. Should we even try tell them anyway? Are they going to use it as as something? Oh, she can't do her job because they're never really going to understand, right? I mean, Kirith, I know you've got your own opinions on all of this. I, yeah, I mean, I have. I mean, I do like I share all of that, and I do think women shouldn't be treated differently, <clears> and their <throat> opinions aren't any less valid just because they might be going through the menopause. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, when people, the same reason why people say, oh, she's hormonal or she, she's on PMT, she's behaving a bit like this. Excuse me, my opinion, you know, I'll say to you if I'm feeling a bit emotional, if I feel like I'm being a bit, because it might be hormonal, I'll say that, you know, but if I'm mm-hmm. not, and I, it doesn't mean I might be expressing myself more emotionally, but it doesn't mean the value of what I'm saying doesn't exist. You know, I might be a bit more, I know I get hormonal before <laughs> my period, you know, but just because I'm, I might be expressing myself in a more passionate way, shall we say, um, excessively expressive, maybe, but, um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean what I'm saying is less valid. Mm, There's no, still, you know, absolutely. so that, that, that <coughs> people will be like, oh, no, it's just because she's feeling like that. It's just because, and it, that's not true. You know what, I have this feeling that, you know, um, Rina, you just, just uh, before Keek spoke, you said that, you know, do you think men will um, start seeing or feeling this? I mean, they feel this already, a lot of them. That's the truth of it. And I feel like with menopause and women wanting that time off, it's just the really arrogant and ignorant ones will probably just be like, oh, here we go. Now that's another thing. That's another thing. Yeah. And you know what? The truth is, it all starts with education. And this, just along with sex education, as kids are getting older... It needs to be explained. Guys need to be educated from an early age that, you know what, this is completely normal because it's not seen as a normal thing. Because so many women have just shut up and coped with, coped with it because they want to progress in their careers. Mm. They have just, like, sucked it up. And that's the way men see it. Oh, just suck it up. Suck it up like men do. But you guys suck up shit. You don't suck up anything. Nothing happens to you, you know? Like, yeah. you guys are absolutely fine. Unless it's an illness <coughs> or anything like that, that's different. But Let's you know, not even talk about we, man flu. <laughs> yeah, that's not, yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is a thing. It's like... 
women go through a period every month, you know, they, and everything. It's all down to the women. It's like women having time off if they can't get pregnant naturally, going through IVF, the whole fertility thing. Mm. These are all natural things. These are people trying to progress, you know, the humankind, you know. We're all trying. Yes. This is what we're trying to we're do. We're doing here. it for humanity, for humankind, it, right? Like it. we can, if we wanted to, have a baby to keep the human absolutely. race going right absolutely but this <clears throat> is why i say the education needs to start early so that men tomorrow's men when they go into the workplace as they're going through school it's not seen as a um embarrassing thing because i remember when i was at high school i mean let alone my boobs growing i was just like god forbid if a guy even knew that i bled through you know like if anyone ever saw it yeah. it would be mortifying well why would it, you know why 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 are we made to feel like this why do we feel like, oh, it's so mortifying? It's so, I think being Indian anyway adds to that because culturally yeah. we had to hide it too, right? Mm-hmm. But um, times have changed now and I definitely think that education mm. needs to come in early. I, so I don't hide anything because I can't hide anything because when I'm going through PMT, if it's a bad month, everyone knows. So I can't hide it. Hey, no judgment. <laughs> I get really bad PMT too. There's like, <laughs> yesterday I kept having a go at my husband and he was just sitting there and going, what is your problem today? And I looked at my calendar and I was like, oh, I'm due on next week. So I'm just going to kind of be like this. Okay. <laughs> like, you should know this by now. <laughs> but I think... Um, I think we need to look at it in a different way as well. So this isn't a recent thing because since women have been working in on the career path in the career ladder as well, it's been a historic thing about the menopause being that time where you are no longer young and fertile and that's the point where a woman goes downhill. So mm. that's not, so regardless of a career and all of that, whether you're a housewife and just sitting at home being a lady of leisure, when you hit that menopause, there is within a woman sometimes that sense of shame is this is my downhill point, right? Yep. And I don't think it's that's necessarily got anything <clears throat> to do with a career. I think that sometimes then leads for a woman to want to hide that fact as well. And I don't always think you can then blame other people or blame men or anybody else. Um, what if you and hide if you if you're keeping that you're on the download if you're feeling like mm-hmm. that if you're in yourself you're feeling like that you know you do have to then talk about it and you do have to you have to you know how you yourself see the menopause i think you're right a lot of women start feeling oh my god i'm getting older this, this is, is it i can't have I'm babies anymore yeah people aren't yeah. gonna see me as young and i've got to say this about myself you know i'm 42 i don't have kids right I've got to be serious about, and I, I know we're going to be talk, talking about this in a, in, a, in a moment about you know this kind of stuff. But but you know at the end of the day, I don't feel if I was to hit the menopause this year that I've any I'm any less of a person. And that's and that's an important thing for that, and that, all yeah. women to keep in mind because it, it is so much emphasis is placed on anti-aging this and that defy aging you know what i mean even on the face cream these are the words now defy Mm. aging anti-aging you know what i mean it's like stop aging like that's what is on all these products stop the aging process so it's like such a horrific thing if we're seen as aging you know we're over the hill and stuff and bear in mind that the average age of menopause in the uk is 51 and that is a point where if you are a career woman you're at the point where you work peak uh, the peak you've worked you've worked hard to reach a certain point right then 
you know and then you've, you've got like irritability anxiety you know for example you might not be able to go to sleep at night you know and that's not even with the hot flushes because like, we only think menopause is going oh my god i'm having a hot flush mm. and my periods are stopped i think that's the least of anyone's worries now on that episode that i did the m words like two um, manjeet and veena two uh, really amazing women they were really open about all of this so there's so many things that affect women in menopause and but yeah. i think the whole thing is you know that mindset of like oh my god that's it it's not you the know. end of my life now yeah yeah it's yeah. not the end of your life it, you I, know it's that it's not the down it's not the point where you're going up and then down yeah don't be like oh it's it over like i'm not even going to put any makeup on now what's the point it's like that's it you know what i mean that and and i, I think i remember that in that in that episode um i think it was manjeet that said look you know don't fight it embrace it embrace it and and just kind of work through these challenges don't fight it you know you can you can thrive still uh during yeah. all of this so but i think that's i'm gonna say something even more unpopular now go on um the other thing is when we talk about these things now in today's society in today's world there is that sometimes that feeling of, okay we're talking like i think Haji, you touched on this earlier this is just another thing now that people are gonna be like okay now women want this as well kind of thing but i think the education has to come from a woman to herself first before we can educate anyone else. We have to make sure that we embrace it, deal with it in a positive way and embrace the difficulties that come with it. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy by saying, yeah, we're going to be positive about it. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, but kind of thinking, OK, this is I've just reached that stage of my life. It's just another stage of my life that I have to deal with. We all have to deal yeah. with it. Um, but. This is the horrible bit that I'm going to say, and everyone's going to hate me for saying this. But then there's that also thing that where, okay, if we make menopause the new hype, you're going to see a huge people, a burst of people jumping on the bandwagon, commercializing things. I, If you just Google menopause now, there's like people, menopause packs, menopause this, menopause, sex after menopause. They've made little, every, that it's a specialist niche in so many businesses where they're catering for stuff to bake, which is good. But the more it yeah, comes out, the more you're going to see that. It, it's that no, kind but, of... But then rather than have nothing, isn't that good to have all this stuff so but that it's, it's not a dirty little the, secret that no one caters for or talks about? The thing, it's, the thing is, those things are there as well already. When you look at these packs, it's nothing that you can't do for yourself or you can't just go and pick up and buy for mm. yourself. That's the real education, I think. Um but it, <laughs> I don't know. I just sometimes feel like people jump on the bandwagon of stuff and it's like, yeah, suddenly we're all t- talking about it and it's superficial. It's not mm. fundamental. It's not a fundamental change. You know, if everyone's talking, it becomes very surface level rather than deep rooted. Mm. Like, and I, think- I find that it's the South Asian community, especially. I find there's lots of surface level. Yes, we agree with this. And when you really tap down the mindset hasn't changed. Yeah. Oh my God, I I remember, it's interesting you said that about the culture, because I remember when um, we'd watch TV uh, with three sisters and um, the body form advert, do you guys remember that? There's a woman that would be screaming, ah, body form. And if my dad (laughs) was in the room, I feel like, my God, we were just getting smaller and smaller that, oh my God, we can only pray to God that he doesn't know what this is. 
you know, like a stunning embarrassing. <laughs> and she would wail it. Oh my god, I love that ad. <laughs> now I love it. That's <laughs> now there's the erectile dysfunction one. I was sitting next to my dad when it came on TV the other day. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yes, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, mm, what do I do? I just like carried on. <laughs> just, I don't care about I any think... of it now, but I used to be mortified as well. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was. You know, because I have three daughters myself now, I didn't don't want it to ever be a thing like oh someone's on the period they need to like hide all the pads no. quick quick you know our dad can never see me it's like my, my husband he's he's a girl dad he's got three daughters and plus you know it's in our because my eldest daughter is is 12 now and I have I have nieces as well who are like 12 14 and and you know they've all started the periods and stuff and it's not it's not a thing to be ashamed about like they'll say mm. to their dads like my daughter and my nieces will be like oh yeah, I've started my period, so I'm feeling a bit like this. Could we ever say that to our dads? No. You know? And I the dads, know. and their, I couldn't have said that to my dad. And, and their dads will be like, the dads will be like, oh, you know, make sure you take it easy then because you're on your period and stuff. And it's like, oh my God, how cute is that? Like, I feel it with my own husband. Like, oh, that's so cute. Or um, like with my daughter, you know, she obviously she'd be mortified if I she knew I was telling everybody this, but I don't care because it's a normal thing. Again, it's like, hello, it's normal. People get yeah. their periods, it's normal, right? Yeah. So I think when she started a period and then we were talking about it and then my husband was like, he walked in and then he was like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, you know, period. And he was like, oh my God, you're talking about periods without me. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, because my husband's a very, he's very like a manly guy he's a very no he's Mm. hands-on but he's a very manly guy so I was like oh my god like I didn't expect him to say that um like are you talking about periods without me and I thought that's so sweet and my my brother-in-law's like that as well like he'll be like you know oh if you're on your period just take it easy are you all right how are you doing and stuff and I think that is so important like from families to have this approach i just think that's really important you're right and i think the shame obviously does come a lot more on women so i'm going to share another um cringeworthy story so i remember when i was around about nine ten, and my mom was i mean i think eight or nine i'm not sure if she's still bathing me at 10 i can't remember but um she was bathing me and i went oh mama mom mommy she look i have a hair right yeah and she went shh, shh, shh. Right, so my dad was in the other room outside the bathroom. Like, don't talk about it. Don't even utter anything. That's it. And I just had to. I couldn't even speak to her about it afterwards. I just had to let it happen. That's it, and just not even know any more about it. Ten years later, my brother's born, and he's talking about it. He's like, oh, 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 oh he, he can see his hair. That's okay. You know, you're a guy. Yes, you should absolutely yeah. flaunt your crown jewels. But it was so shameful that I was saying that my dad can't hear it. So. See, I don't know. I wasn't brought up. I don't think I was brought up that way in the sense of I've got two brothers. I don't have a sister. So it's me and my mum with the f- females of the house. I was on my I was on my summer holidays when my period, when I got my first period and my dad was home. So I didn't know what to say to him. I was not in a good way. I was in my, I was getting told off and shouted at by him, but I stayed in the room, locked in the room, and just sat mm. there, didn't want to move, too scared, waited for mum to come home. And then I think because of that moment when my dad realised, okay, she started a period, that's why she was like this. I've never really been scared to say right. I'm on my period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I know like sometimes my dad would buy sanitary towels for my mum. So I never thought... 
I think, I don't know, I think that's maybe me because I'm quite open-minded in that way. Mm. And I've never thought, and sometimes my mum might have said to me, oh, you know, like other people, but not in the house. Um, I've always kind of thought, well, dad obviously knows when mum's always had a period. <laughs> because yeah. it's a couple thing, right? You know when you're one. So, you know, why would it be unusual for him to think his daughter's got a period? So I think that's my mindset and my thinking, but maybe my thinking's a bit more, open no, no but that's a really healthy mindset in, though in, yeah it's just that you, or maybe you think like that, why maybe, or maybe your dad's more open you know my dad was very strict like that he had three girls straight away year after year and it's like oh my god three girls like what will happen I how will i get them married or whatever but i mean I my dad was really close-minded to anything like that he wouldn't want a part of it he wouldn't want to know but i don't think he was the same with understanding like the hormonal stuff though yeah. So physical too, stuff was easy. Yeah, this is all, it. The, yeah. The, the hormonal, the emotional stuff that comes with it. That, I mean, I think when my mum was going through the menopause, dad just didn't get it. I don't think anyone in that generation, when it comes to men, got it. Yeah. That's the truth of so it. So when you talk about open-minded, yes and no. But I think a lot of it has to be on us. And I think a lot of it's been on me. I might say sometimes to my younger brother, like, oh, period. He's like, oh, I don't need to know. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've got to say it though you're so like you, know. you do need to know and you will know actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, do you know what I I, um, I went to uh, get my uh, coil sorted out right um, the other day and it's a horrible experience I came back I said to my husband let me tell you about my experience right and he was like oh and I literally told him in every graphic detail because I'm like no I will tell you because you know what if this is on me and I'm sorting this out you're going to know For exactly you. how horrible yeah. this is yes and then yeah. he was like oh I could see him doing this I was like good so now you know so be happy that it's not you that has to do that um <laughs> but I sort of move on now to the last <laughs> the last um little topic that we have which is fertility lessons right so the reason I'm talking about this is because women in Cambridge Uni some of them are being taught about fertility so there was this interview in the times right with a new president of Murray Edwards College which is a women-only college in Cambridge Uni said that she wanted to empower in quotation marks empower female students with lessons on fertility so she said that the seminars that were held at the women-only college would help young women um, who are they're currently at risk, according to her, of leaving baby making too late. So that would help them to kind of explore their options and things. And she said, young women are being taught that all they have to do is do well in school, get a degree, be successful in their career and be beautiful. Um, this, her name is Dorothy Byrne, yeah, this woman. So she said, the thing that is getting lost along the way is that you forget to have a baby, which I nearly did. So this is obviously a personal thing for her right and she's saying we are teaching about consent we're teaching about harassment but we are not teaching them facts about their own fertility it is a woman's right to choose to have a baby now are you like what the actual how why are they even talking about this like you know are they trying to push women into uh having babies or what or and and why are men not being taught like what are your thoughts ladies I know Keeks is going to have a lot to say on this one. Go on, Keeks. <laughs> no, no. Well, like, well, I just earlier mentioned that, you know, I don't have kids. I'm 42. So mm. um, it is an important issue to me. And obviously the reasons I haven't had a kid is because I'm not, in a, you know, I'm not in a relationship anymore mm-hmm. or however you want to see it, something happened. And, you know, I always stopped from doing that, but it's something that I've always wanted. Yes. But you know this subject for me is really really important because I always wanted kids pretty much from when I finished uni 
And I remember us talking about that at uni. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we went to uni together and, and I remember... Uh, I remember this conversation. We were on a bus. We were on a bus. And I, I, you probably don't remember this, but I don't know. We were going, I don't know where we were going, but we were on a bus in the day and we were talking about, oh, you know, do we want to do our careers first or do we want to have kids first, get that out of the way? And it was you, me and Rummy. And I remember you said, I think I want to have kids first and then yeah. focus on my career. And we we said the opposite. Yeah. And it's uh, quite ironic. Um, but yeah. The reason why I haven't has been taken out of my hands. It wasn't in my hands, so that's fine. Um, whether I can and will now is another matter, but obviously I would prefer to have them then. That's something, so it's a subject matter that's close to my heart. And mm. I think it is important that women do realise we aren't, you know, we've just talked about the menopause stages of our life. And there is a stage of your life where your body is better suited <coughs> to having yeah. kids. And it's better for you as well at that point. Your recovery rate of your body is much better. My, my mom had us when she was really young, but then she had my youngest brother at 40. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there was a, a big gap. Um, and, you know, to see the difference. But my mom's, you know, she's, she's amazing. She bounced back, but still she's such an active person but it's not the difference you know she explained the difference herself what she felt then and what she felt now and it's not like she didn't like I said she didn't bounce back and didn't get on with life and carry on but Mm -hmm. I think it's really really important there's nothing wrong with having kids younger and then pursuing a career if you want a career but I think we need to know the limitations of our body and accept those that is a part of life you can't change certain things like you can't change the difference between a man's body and a woman's body yeah Haji what do you think because I I remember last time we spoke you told me that you were were you 40 or something when you had your first yeah so I was in my um late 30s when I had my first okay and I was in my 40s early 40s when I had my second and the difference um how I felt between the first and the second one we're talking about four years but um, the the way my body felt, even now, I, the aches and pains that I feel, I honestly feel like I feel them because of the fact that I had my little ones, my second one, so late. I it's just it's just not the same. And I've also noticed that women who give natural birth as opposed to C sections, I feel like the women who have given natural birth, they tend to have more aches in their you know their hips, their pelvic area, and all of that when they have kids later. Whereas Although the surgery can be quite intense and the recovery time after C-section can be quite intense, but once you're past that, you're good to go. And I'm comparing this with me and my sister. She's got three children um, and she had her third one also in her 40s. And I just see how she is and how her body is and how she feels as opposed to how I feel. And there's, there's definitely a difference in between us. And I just wish once again, I think also for us culturally, I think it comes to education because I always remember my mom saying to me, have kids in your, it's better, have kids when you're younger, have kids when you're younger. But they never explained why. They just said, Mm. have kids when you're younger. Like, you know, you'll grow up with your kids, you'll grow up with your kids and that was it. But now if I talk to anybody 
who might just be getting married or anything like that, I will say to them that, look, this is how it was in my 30s and my 40s. Mentally, I wouldn't have been in a great place probably in my 20s. That's the truth of it. You, you know, I didn't know then what I know now mentally. But physically, oh my God, I, it would have been so much easier to cope with in my, like, I would say 20s, in my early 30s, than how I coped with my physical strength afterwards, mm-hmm. after having them later. And I think it's just knowing that. Now, I don't know... Because you said some girls, so I'm just wondering, like, which girls are they then picking out to teach this to? And <clears throat> well, and can you imagine it, the anxiety and stress levels of women getting into their twenties and thirties? <laughs> they have that anyway. Now, after this further education, they don't find the right person. Oh my God, the anxiety is going to go through the roof, right? I, you know what, I, I do, I do see what you're saying, but I. I don't want to come across as somebody who's like stuck in the stone age or anything or not a progressive woman or anything. And I actually don't care because I'm going to say what I'm going to say is that I do think that I, I think I, I get this. I get why somebody get would want no, to teach it. And, right. and I, and I think that you can't just carry on like thinking, Oh yeah, you know, whenever, whatever. And you know, I'll do this and that. And then, and look mm. at people like, um, all these celebrities who are like 40 plus having kids you know they have round the clock help right yeah. they have nutritional they have nutritionists they have personal trainers they have this that and they've got money mate you know their lives are a lot different you know and who knows have they frozen their eggs previously or whatever you don't know so i wouldn't look at people like that and be like they did it you know in their 40s yeah, or whatever because i think it's damn hard for normal people it's very difficult and i think that <clears throat> you know it, it basically i look at women who are like in their 30s and they're doing really well in their careers and stuff you know and they and these are people that are married and things and sometimes in my head i'm actually thinking have you know you're doing so, <laughs> no no i'm thinking when are you going to have kids because it's like and i wouldn't say that because that's a horrible thing to say but i'm not going to lie I, in my head i'm like when are you going to have kids because you know what and these are people who I know probably would want to have kids. And it's like, when are you going to do this? Yeah. Because there's not going to be a perfect time. There's not going to be a perfect time. And biologically, when you're at the point where you're like, that's it. I've got four bedroom house. I've got money in the bank. I've got this. I'm at a point in my career when I can afford to take a break. How old are you going to be? Like 42, 45? What, what are you going to be? And then are you immediately going to just have sex and have a baby? Like, is that how it's going to work? And do you want more than one? Like, how is it going to... You know what I mean? Like... I just think I agree the education completely needs to be there and the reasoning behind it. I'm with you on that one, definitely. We need to know about how bodies change and how it but does get can harder, I, I'd say. Can I just say that there is a mindset here that it's just women, like men can have babies at any age, generally, right? So they don't think about that when it comes to stuff. So, like... I'm going to talk about my experience now, and this is again really, really personal. So when I'm, if I meet somebody now and I talk about this, if um, if I do, sometimes depending, and you know if they want kids, I haven't got forever. You know, you yeah. need to know what you want at this age. If I want kids still, then I know that you know I don't know if it, that's going to happen or not, but. If I do want kids, if we're going to try for kids, then it has to happen soon. And the thing is, for a guy my age, go off and get somebody younger who might be more f- 
infertile. That, that goes back to the menopause subject that we just spoke yeah. about, right? It's where women feel that moment with that downhill moment. Yeah. It, it's that, that thing um, where they feel they're no longer viable. They're mm. no longer an option. Um, and yeah. that's where this plays in. And yeah. maybe if you were having, and this, I don't know whether people are going to like what I'm going to say here, but maybe if you were having kids at a younger age, you wouldn't feel so bad when you hit the menopause. Mm. Many people wouldn't be feeling so bad. When you look at our elders in our community who had <coughs> kids at whatever age um, and they've hit the menopause, they've accepted it as a part of life. They're not the ones sitting there going, yeah, I've got this problem and I have a problem progressing with my life because I've hit the menopause. They've done their thing, done it, next phase of my life. This is why I think my, our elders in so many ways were so much more mentally strong because they embraced whatever they had to embrace and they did things at the right time. They might not have explained to us what at the right time mm. meant, but there was wisdom behind what they'd say to us sometimes because um, they weren't probably told why and what the right time was because that was just the natural way of life for them and the generations that came before mm. them. And and the thing is, I think um, our elders had kids quite young. My mum had me at 21, right? And, and my grandparents had kids like really young. So I think... <clears throat> I know this is going to be unpopular as well, but I feel like the younger you are as a, a parent, not like, oh, let's all have kids in our teens and whatever, but, you know, if you're in your 20s, for example, you're going to be a lot more flexible to deal with certain things. Once you have had your own uh, life, you know, you've had your own set routine for years and years and years, you know, it's all about you, you do exactly what you want to do, when you want to do it, it's a big slap in the face to have a child, right? It's mm. a big bodily upheaval as well and it's a big slap in the face you know it's not about you anymore it's not about you and I think I, I think I might have read some article about this that a lot of women who go through postnatal depression and and seek help for for all for this a lot of them are like older moms older because yeah you know you've you and not necessarily everybody but you've had this certain life for a long time you know you've been in control of your body when you have a baby you're not in control of your body. You don't know anything. It's, and that's one thing I found very weird is like that control. It's like, oh my God, things are happening to my body. I don't know what's going on. I can't do anything. Is my kid all right in there? I don't know. I don't know. When is the baby going to come out? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What's going to happen afterwards? Can I breastfeed? What, you know, when the stomach going to be go down? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like you're very mm. out of control of the whole thing. And I think the younger you are, I think you're just, your body's, it does probably bounce back quicker and mentally you're more prepared to kind of go with the flow I think a little bit yeah and even with you now Keeks what you were saying about um you know when you meet someone and you're like I don't if you met someone now I don't have time to waste you know this is what I want so if it if that's what you want great let's get <coughs> it on otherwise hop it but with, um, you know, with this education, I'm thinking that maybe girls will start doing this a lot younger. So they'll do that in their, you know, when they're in their mm. mid, late 20s or the early 30s, where they'll actually have that approach because they know how they've been taught now how their bodies will work, where they can turn around and just be like, well, actually, this is what I want in life. So they're not wasting that time because I've had friends who have also been in long relationships thinking that there's going to be something from that, like, you know, future family, kids, and then it doesn't work out. And I just look at them yeah. and just think... That is so unfair because 
you've stuck with this person and been with them, but all that while your clock is ticking yeah. and he's just going to go hop it. And like you said, because he he's be not sure. Younger. Yeah. And they, and they yeah. can do that. A man can do that. And it's like, I'm what? Like, I'll have a kid when I want to have a kid, right? Like you said, you know, mm. it's a very real concern for us. And then it's that thing of like, if I'm upfront and say, I want the marriage and I want kids and this is important to me, does that scare someone who isn't, you know, concerned about their biological clock? Because they don't have to be. Is it like, oh, shit, she's a bit like, oh, you know, I'm going to just dip out now. Like, it's so hard. It, it, I just think it's so hard. But also, it is I do a really th- difficult thing, yeah. <clears throat> also, I do think that, I think that in the same way that women are taught about it, I think that men should be made aware as well. Because let's be honest, like, someone's got to impregnate us. And it, and it should be, ideally, a mature sensible guy who's not going to be a deadbeat dad and actually knows what it is to have kids and raise kids you know so I think that is something that guys should think about and it's like why I know you can have a kid when you want to but as a guy do you want to be having a kid in your 50s and 60s really ideally like I just think it should be a thing that should be taught to guys as well I mean it also and you're right because it also comes down to their physicality even Mm. men you know maybe their body internally hasn't been through those changes but you know, no offence, but majority, I'm not saying every, but majority of 50-year-old dads are not going to be able to run around after that kid. Yeah. Taking football wherever and, you know, snakes and ladders or wherever, like a 30-year-old dad might be able to. Do you know what I mean? It does, yeah. Make, yeah. It, it does make a difference. Yeah. So, because I brought up my little brother doing those kinds of activities and I'm lucky my mom's quite young and active and stuff, but again, I did a lot of those things as well. So I say was your dad kind of dad. happy for you to? Oh, you know what? Thanks for that. Like you know what I mean? You yeah, we talk on me and my sister talk on that role because my little sister's thirteen years younger than me. You mm. know, I've got my middle sister's three years younger. My little sister's so there was a ten year gap. We did a lot of that stuff as well. So my dad yeah, was like forty so, something at that time, and was happy for us to be like running around doing all this stuff rather than him doing it. Yeah, there's. I mean, there is all of that, but I do think. The society, and I always talk about society because society has, with the world becoming a smaller place with what we have at our fingertips with the internet and social media, we've become a society of living the ideal. And our previous generations didn't live the ideal. They made do and they um, were flexible enough. They made compromises. They adjusted better than we do in our heads we see things now and we have a this is how it needs to be before I have a baby life needs to be like this 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 before I marry this has to be in place we talked about love at first sight earlier the ideal man my ideal partner has to be this 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 you've you've got blinkered view because you're not willing to be open-minded about it or you're not willing to be flexible Um, and I think when you don't have other people, other scenarios, things being put in front of you where you start thinking, no, actually, I'll wait till this or I'll do this until that point or no, I need this before I can do that. Um, I think you're always going to put things off and not just accept and embrace things Mm. wholeheartedly. Um, And I think that comes with all walks of life, but this as well. You don't, don't need to wait till the ideal relationship. Not ideal. Of course, you want the ideal relationship, but more and more women don't want necessarily need a man to be a mother. And you'll find women now 
going off and saying, I want to be a mother. And they'll do that. So there is that opportunity now as well. I mean, these those paths are a lot harder. Um, but women do choose to take them now. And that option is there. So if you don't find a man and you do want a woman while, um, to be a father when you're younger, a father, a mother when you're younger, without being having a partner, that option's there. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many things that have changed but I think ideals if we suddenly turn around now and start saying the ideal thing is you all have if society starts telling us that we now need to start having kids when we're 25 it's not going to be right for everybody and while we're talking about this you know having a kid at 25 won't be right for everybody you've got to do what's right for you but you've got to be mindful of what your body's telling you as well yeah but you know something I I think I used to be very much like oh my god like why would you want to be a mom when you're older and all this and all you know your kid's going to be like 15 and you might die and all this kind of thing I used to think like that when I was a lot younger you know and then I kind of grew up and thought you know what being a good parent not everybody is a good parent not everybody that has kids is a good parent and can give a child skills to actually be a decent human being right and I just think if you're 50 and you become a mom at that point through whatever mm. means, natural or whatever, and you can give this kid, you might have like, you might be here till you're 80. Do you, do you get what I mean? To see that child into adulthood, to actually have a child that you want. And I think this is the thing, like for me now it's about, your Kirat, what you said is completely right. It might not be right for you to have a kid in your in your 20s. You might not be mentally ready. It might not be the right circumstances. You might not be able to afford it. Where are you going to live? You're going to live at your parents' house, in a crowded house? All these things, right? Who are you going to have the kid with? Like, some immature guy who's not ready like do you get what I mean like have you got Mm. that you're going to be with someone for the sake of it so I just think that you know all of our lives don't take a defined path and that's okay and we need to feel okay with that you know if you're a mum at 50 and you can give a kid that love and that start in life that is so beautiful and that's such a valuable thing to yourself and that child who's then going to grow up to be an adult and you would have had that impact on that kid's life and if you're 25 and you can do that then brilliant so can I just add I know a wonderful couple who had kids set of twins at 50 and they're amazing kids and they're amazing parents so there's hope you know at the end of the day you know those kids were born from wanting kids for wanting to love kids And, and you see that. So mm-hmm. there is that. And there, there are difficulties that might set in, but it's your mindset and it's their mindset, you know. So yeah. it, it, it's not impossible, but it might not be ideal. But there's other situations that aren't ideal as well. So just, 100%. you know, for people to always maybe just bear that in mind. But I think for women, you do have to stand up for yourself and do understand what the implications of having a baby later in life could be on you but don't yeah. be in denial about it 100%. don't absolutely don't be in denial about it and the other thing is if you're having kids how many women do we know now especially south asian women actually had kids when they're younger lived their life doing what they want start being a bit more entrepreneurial in their 40s and are successful women they've got it all mm. you know right, ladies, it doesn't matter to me you to do that 
sorry to cut you off my darling but yeah, the okay. power hour we're out of the hour now we've gone over the hour me too it's gonna cut off in a minute so i just wanted to say a really big thank you for coming on Gerith and haji and i really um enjoyed speaking to you guys and um thank you everybody for listening as well and it, we'd love to know what you guys think as well so just do get in touch mommy and perfect at gmail.com or uh, on insta sisterhood of mommy and perfect um and please share the podcast share the love leave a nice review on apple podcast to help other people find it but yeah thank you amazing thank bye you. bye <laughs>